You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. Hello and welcome to Orange County's longest running business talk show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. We have an exciting show planned for you. Why do you say? Because Steve Vengro is our guest. He is the founder of Synergy Resource Group. Steve, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me, Rick. Appreciate it. You're welcome. Let's get started with your story. Can you tell us about the motivation or your inspiration to start your firm? Well, I had been in the space that I'm in now for probably about 10 years and working for other organizations and, and realized that there was efficiencies that we, we weren't really focused on that I could get better at and thought I'd be better off going out on my own. And so that's I took the, took the leap of faith, so to say. That's a big decision. Absolutely. Absolutely. Did you did you at the time recognize what a big decision it was? Had you considered it previously or was it just kind of the obvious decision for you? I had been thinking about it for a year, maybe a little bit longer and, you know, wasn't really sure timing wise if it made sense. You know, I I, I thought about it, considered it a couple of times, talked to quite a few people before I actually did it. But then it just got to the point where. There's a few things going on, both work, you know, professionally and personally, and it made sense for me to, to make that leap. That's a really interesting and valid point, too, Steve, because when you decide to become an entrepreneur and to start a company, it's not just a professional decision. It's a personal decision because of the na- it's the nature of what an early stage yeah. in a startup requires of you, right? A- absolutely. I mean, d- definitely, even though I've been working in the business for, call it 10 years at the time I did it, and understand the ins and outs of the business that I'm in, I didn't realize how much more time I would be putting in when I was the one calling the shots and actually having to do everything myself at the beginning. Yeah, many people become an entrepreneur for the freedom of being an entrepreneur, <laughs> controlling my own calendar. And yeah. and I replied that, and eventually, hopefully you have that. But in the beginning, you probably will never have worked harder for less money than in those early days of the company. A- absolutely. Absolutely. And in my business, you know, I was very fortunate. A lot of my clients that I'd worked with in the past, you know, knew me. I had relationships with them. So they came with me. So I at least was able to generate business fairly quickly. But you're right that, you know, the setup, the top, every the back office, everything that I'd never thought about doing before took a lot of time. Yeah. When you bet on yourself, you're really counting on yourself, especially in the early days. So you, you kind of mentioned you were able to bring your book of business with you, which is congratulations, because that's a great way to at least get some revenue coming into the business in those early days. Mm-hmm. When did you really believe, though, that you had a business that you could count on and that would scale? I'm still waiting to figure that one out, Rick, to be honest okay. with you. No, but okay. seriously, um, it probably took me, I'd say somewhere around the nine, 10 month mark of being out on my own before I, I really felt like, okay, I'm, I got this now. Right. And it's going to, it's going to work itself out. And, you know, I still have bugs to work out. I'm still always evolving and changing and growing the business in different ways, learning more, but yeah, probably about that eight to 10 month mark is when things started to really click. Yeah. It takes a while to kind of get a rhythm as an entrepreneur in an early stage company, because Basically, you're going to decide what you're going to do every day. And hopefully some of your customers help decide what you're supposed to do. But 
you know, there is a lot, uh, there are a lot of things that are new when you're the founder of a company for the first time as, as an entrepreneur, isn't there? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it's, uh, it's always a learning experience and as long as you're open to realizing you don't know everything and you're going to need some help along the way, I think that, uh, you know, it makes it a lot easier. One of the things that I had to learn in the beginning, and I've been doing what I've been doing now for 15 years, but in the early days, um, some of the qualities and skills that I had developed in the corporate world, working for large corporations, I had to unlearn as a, as a founder and an entrepreneur, one of the big ones being um, the level of resource I could acquire to get something done. No, exactly. You, I can't tell you how many times we've done things on, on a shoestring budget, or we've just kind of you know, done some guerrilla marketing or, you know, it, it, it's, you know, you definitely don't have the resources that you're used to, especially the marketing resources. You know, a lot of our business is relationship based, but you know, that's great for your initial business. But as you want to grow the business, I mean, you don't have the, the resources, whether financial resources, tools to, actually do it or, or just even the human capital to do it because you, you try and be small and nimble and, and not get too bloated as an organization. And that's a lesson that we can pass on to those who may be listening today or in the future as a podcast and say, I think I could become an engineer, uh, an entrepreneur. Sorry, maybe you are an engineer. <laughs> <laughs> I misspoke. But um, to, to do something and to iterate, you only some things you only learn by doing. And so, yeah. you know, I, I'd have to remind myself marketing is important but so are sales. And so kind of a small lamb and a big S. Maybe you had the advantage of bringing a book of business with you. I had to grow my clients because I had no clients. And so I, I could spend a lot of time on things that were important, but not urgent. And I really had to focus on developing a client list to bring revenue into the business. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we, we look at the business that way now. I mean, again, you know, we do have a, we do have existing clients, but we're always trying to, to add new clients. You know, what we do is, you know, it's, it's great. People don't have a need for us always at the time at, right now, but they will always have a need for what we do as a, as a service. So for us, it's really about trying to develop those relationships ahead of time and, and have, know the, everyone ahead of time so that w- that way when they do have a need, they think of us and they call our, call us to help them. So that's a perfect uh, segue then, Steve, to talk about what does Synergy Resource Group do? In other words, who do you help? What problems are you solving? And why are people selecting you and your firm? Well, so we're an executive search and staffing firm. And basically what we do is we help senior level business leaders find the top executive talent that's available in the marketplace, um, you know, which is different than just pure staffing where, you know, it's the fastest market. We try to focus on the mission critical roles for our clients and, you know, help them fill those roles in not only an effective manner, but with the right person, because, you know, there's a lot of times a, a bad hire is just as good as making no hire at all. So we really want to make sure that our clients make the right hire the first time. And what did you do previous to starting Synergy Resource Group that led you to this point in your career? Well, I, I've done many things in my career, but my background is actually in finance. I worked in uh, investment banking, corporate finance, and consulting. And then literally, I was looking for a job myself at one point. I went <laughs> to a recruiting agency, and, and they said, hey, you'd be good at this business. I thought, well, let's give it a shot for six months. If it doesn't work out, I'll go back to what I was doing before. And 
here we are 15 years later. So what is it about this industry that you find interesting and a place where you feel comfortable now? Well, the thing that I enjoy the most about it is I get to help people, whether it's my clients find an, an excellent uh, person to help join their team or whether it's a, a, a candidate that's out of work or looking for a new opportunity, putting them in a great organization and having them be successful. Um, you know, one thing that I learned is, you know, if you put your clients and your candidates first, the money will take care of itself in the end. So, you know, I was trying to try and do what's best for my clients and my candidates. And, and that's um, that's a fascinating aspect of your industry, because really, essentially, you have two clients. You have the candidates, which you have to work with and, and, and source and convince that you're, you know, they should work with you. And then you need to find, obviously, the hiring companies that have the need in the open positions. That's I think it's one of the unique additional challenges that people in your field have. You yeah, know, absolutely. It's, it's, it's true. You know, I tell everybody just because we get an order doesn't mean we're going to make money. You know, we actually have to <laughs> find the right the right candidate and the right person for this for the role. But, um, you know, it, it's definitely challenging, but it's also very satisfactory or very satisfying when you actually place somebody in the in the right role. So you've been in the field long enough to maybe see some cyclical nature to the job market. Yes. Given given your experience and your focus, where are we right now in the job market for the type of candidates that you're sourcing and placing? Well, I you know I talk to a lot of colleagues in in the industry all the time, and, and one one of the things you know everyone's talking about it. The market's really slowed down this year. And I agree with that to some extent. Um, it's slowed down compared to the last two years because the last two years have been so dynamic and it's been so busy for our industry. I actually feel like we're really hitting more of a normal market right now, mm. what would be normal. But it feels like a slowdown since what, where we've been the last couple of years. Um, I think, you know, the, I think the economy itself is, you know, there's a lot of people unsure. There's a lot of people hearing about layoffs. I think a lot of companies are, put some of their hiring on pause but i i think it's short-lived i think by the q4 this year we'll start seeing hiring start to, to uh, trend back upward again so i work with middle market business owners ceos and they have been lamenting for some time how difficult it has been for them to find the kind of candidates that they're looking for mm -hmm. is that your experience as well that it's kind of a candidate challenged market or is that do you have a different perspective based on your role? well well absolutely a lot of the roles that we fill are niche roles that are you know there's not gonna it's not a dishwasher where there's going to be 7500 people that can do it it's going to be a specific skill sets so it does make it a, a candidate challenge uh ch challenge market as far as the re skills and the resources to do it so i think i think that that bodes well for somebody that's in a, a good niche um, and, you know, we're seeing companies making offers to candidates and candidates getting multiple offers that have those type of skill sets still, mm -hmm. still, but companies have slowed down on their process. You know, now we're not seeing as many offers come as quickly as we once did. It might be that we could turn a, a search around in two weeks. It's generally taking three to five weeks now to turn a search around from start to finish. So, so uh Here's what I here's my impression of your industry, and you tell me if it's accurate and where you are in it. At at sometimes when it's a 
a demand favored market, in other words, the hiring people have choice, they can sometimes get very particular and keep wanting to see one more candidate in case they haven't found the ideal person, which can be frustrating. Yes. And then on the other side, when it's a supply side opportunity, the candidates can be very selective or to your point, out in the marketplace looking at all the potentials, which makes it hard for them to pick one. And so that's, for me, that's just another element that you face in your space because you're sort of being ping pong sometimes back and forth between those two dynamics. Am I at all accurate with what well, I'm saying? Well, yeah, well, as I tell people, sometimes I'm selling a product that doesn't want to be sold, right? <laughs> okay, you know, yeah. and, and, yeah. you know, and I've seen it, I've seen it work favorably and unfavorably for both sides. I've seen clients wait too long to hire a candidate to come back to me three weeks later to make an offer. That candidate's already found another job. And then I've seen, you know, candidates get multiple offers and Connor offers from their current company. And they either, you know, hesitate too long or they make, you know, they make the wrong choice. And they're calling me three months later saying, I wish I had listened to you and, you know, taken that opportunity you brought to me. So we see that quite a bit. So in your space now, when you're talking with employers and candidates, the, does the topic of remote work, hybrid work, in the office work, is that a conversation that's being had in your space, in your experience? Yes. And I, and I always ask my clients when they come to me for these, these roles, you know, I ask them what type, what syntax they're using as far as in office, hybrid or remote. I can tell you this a year ago, 30, a third, 35% of the roles we had were fully remote six, you know, 50, 60% were hybrid. And there's a little bit in, in office. Now we've, we've seen a shift away from fully remote. I would say 10% or less of the roles we have are fully remote. The majority of the roles that we're seeing are hybrid. And that could be anything from three days in the office, two days remote, or two days in the office, three days remote. And I do have you know probably 5% of clients that are going back to fully in, in office type of um, situations. I don't know how viable that is because a lot of candidates aren't interested in those type of roles, but um, you know, we'll see how it all plays out over the long haul. But I think hybrids, uh, hybrids, the model that's here to stay for sure. Okay. Yeah. Cause it, it were, it, there was an interview that I saw with Elon Musk and CNBC earlier this week, and he was talking about his bias to have people in, in the office and, and it was just a different take. And I, and I do think there is a growing sense amongst leaders of wanting to get the people back in the office for culture productivity and other reasons. So it will be interesting, Steve, to see how this over time where it settles, you know, 20 years ago, 10 years ago, five years ago, pre-COVID, if an, if, an, if an employee or a candidate were to seriously question how many days a week you expected them in the office, I'm not sure, Steve, they would be viewed as a very viable candidate by most <laughs> employers, right? A a absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I literally was just having a uh, conversation with the C CFO yesterday about this. And one of the things that we talked about, especially, you know, the younger generation, I mean, we were fortunate, Rick, we grew up when we were fully in office. So we had coaches and mentors, people that took us under their wing and helped right. us. And not that you can't do that via Zoom and Teams, but it's just a lot harder to do it. So I think, you know, for people to really grow and become good leaders in the future, they need somebody, they need a mentor, they need a coach. And it's hard to really develop that relationship and effectively, um, you know, get what you need out of it if you're not, you know, face to face with the person sometimes at least.
That that's a fantastic point because that's a that's a temporal reality. I mean that that is true when you are early on in your career. The benefit of being around those mentors, both formally and informally, you pick up things just from being in their vicinity. And after you've been in the business for a while, if you if you miss that because you were fully remote, let's say, it, I would think it might actually be hard to pick up later in their career. It'll be interesting to see if there's any longer term impact of the fact that they weren't able to kind of assimilate and associate the way previous generations have been able to. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously it's going to depend on the role that people are in, but I mean, there's certain roles that are, you know, you have to deal with other people and people are going to do business and work with people they know they like and they trust. And you have to be able to build that relationship with them. And I think it's a lot harder to do you don't know somebody, you know, face to face, one on one. It takes a lot, or at least it takes longer to develop those those the quality of the relationship. Yeah. So that that that's put a pin in that one because that will be interesting to see because uh, some of my longest term uh, friends in business were acquaintances that I made in my early few jobs when mm -hmm. we were all at the same stage in life, and so it, it will be interesting to see. Hopefully, it doesn't have a a negative effect for those individuals. You know, we have a few minutes left. I'm, I'm wondering if you could think about and maybe give us a piece of business advice that maybe someone gave you earlier in your career or one that you like to pass on to either your clients or your candidates. Is there something you can share with us that has been helpful for you as an entrepreneur? Well, you know, as an entrepreneur, there's there's always going to be days when things are going well and always days when, when we have some challenges. And, you know, what I've always found is, you know, when you, you hit those challenges, you know, sometimes it's easy to get down on yourself or just get down on the situation. But just find something positive, something that you're thankful for or grateful for. Find something positive that will usually kind of turn your attitude around and get you to get jump, help you get jump started and get back to what you need to get done. And, you know, they always say is is the only the only way past it is through it. So you know you just got to you know, work work through it to to get to the next level, the next stage of where you need to go. I love that. The only way to get past it is through it. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. Words of wisdom by Steve Vengro here on Critical Mass Business Talk Show. Let's talk about the future, Steve. What do you, what do you see for your firm? Well, we, you know, we've been very, very fortunate. We've been growing, um, you know, year over year for the last, you know, basically four years. And, you know, we're, we're still expanding this year. As a matter of fact, we're, we're taking on a couple of new initiatives. We've brought in some new clients. We're actually adding some people to our team. So, you know, we're, we are growing. Um, you know, we don't want to be a large firm. The goal, that's never been my goal to compete with the big, you know, firms we'd rather stay boutique you know the, our goal is we'd rather focus on a handful of quality jobs than a ton of jobs that are we're just kind of throwing stuff against the wall to see what sticks i mean that doesn't add any value for the clients it doesn't add any value for the candidates so you know really it's just you know growing in the niche that we're in um you know adding you know i look at clients as business partners as opposed to just clients so adding good partners to our business that we can actually help and add value for well, congratulations on having the business to the point where you're adding staff. That's a big decision to continue to expand your team. People, it, it, if you haven't ever had to make that decision, maybe you don't realize how seriously you have to take it before you pull the trigger on that. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> it was, uh, 
Def, definitely, it was, it was a little, uh, sorry, I'm losing my ear, earpiece. Um, it was a little nerve wracking the first time I had to do it. So yeah, right. it, yeah. I, I agree. It, yeah. It's, uh, yeah. it took a little courage to do that. But that's the only way you can grow. Yeah, through, through it, not past it, right? Right, exactly. As you said earlier on the show. So if someone would like to connect with you on LinkedIn and learn more about Signature Resource Group, how do they do that, Steve? So um, first of all, my, you know, you're welcome to go to my LinkedIn profile. It'd be under Steve, Stephen Van Gross, opposed to Stephen. It has all our contact information there. It has our phone number, email as well. And then there is, we do also have a uh, company page on LinkedIn for Synergy Resource Group. So feel free to connect to us through there and follow us there. And we tend to post a lot of things that are relevant to what's going on in the hiring and talent space right now and attracting and retaining top talent. So um, yeah, feel, feel free to reach out if you have any questions, you need any information. I want to thank you for your time today. I've enjoyed the conversation from one entrepreneur to another. It's been an enjoyable 20 minutes here on Critical Mass Business Talk Show. Thank you. Well, thank you, Rick. I appreciate the opportunity to, to talk to your, your uh, market. I'd like to thank that those people, our audience, for being a part of Orange County's longest-running business talk show. Steve's episode is one in a catalog of about 1,400 interviews that we've done over the years here on the show. And if you'd like to be a future guest, if you're an Orange County entrepreneur and you have a story to tell, then reach out to me. I'm Rick, R-I-C, Franzi, F-R-A-N-Z-I on LinkedIn. Coincidentally, that's also my website, rickfranzi.com. And we can get you scheduled for a future episode on the program. And until next time we have a chance to be together, I hope that all of your business decisions will move your company in a positive direction.